one of the rising uh, digital scams that we're starting to see, and there's been a significant increase um, over the past six months, is search engine optimization poisoning. It accounts for around 60% of our attempted fraudulent scams with our customers. Welcome to Electric Perspectives, a podcast that explores how America's electric companies are working to deliver the reliable, affordable, secure, and clean energy that powers our economy and our everyday lives. The show is brought to you by EEI, the Edison Electric Institute, which represents all U.S. investor-owned electric companies. I'm your host, Brian Real. November 15th is Utility Scam Awareness Day, and we're raising awareness of tactics being used by utility imposter scammers that target customers of electric, gas, and water companies. Customers of all ages and backgrounds should be vigilant because anyone can be a target of this type of scam, including small business customers, but scammers especially target low-income or elderly customers. On this episode, Monica Martinez, Executive Director of Utilities United Against Scams, and Chris Peters, Vice President and Chief Security Officer of Entergy, will discuss utility imposter scams, new scam tactics that customers should know about, what to do if you suspect you're being scammed, and more. Monica and Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. So glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you back, Monica. Electric companies work hard to educate customers and help protect them from scammers, and Utilities United Against Scams has been a great resource to help utilities share best practices and really to learn from each other. For those who haven't heard of UUAS, can you explain what this coalition does and how many utilities are involved? Sure, Brian. Utilities United Against Scams is a coalition of over 150 utilities and their associations across the United States and Canada. So we span a great geographic region and also all different types of utilities, from your small utilities, um, municipal utilities, to your electric cooperative, to your investor-owned and local government utilities. So we really work to get that information out and to do more things with it in order to be able to educate our customers. Our primary focus is really targeting imposter scams. So really when we talk about imposter scams, we're talking about those impersonators, those individuals and scammers who are essentially pretending to be someone who they are not, and they're pretending to be utility companies. They do this to try to gain their trust and to get information and to scam them out of billions of dollars. And Chris, thanks for joining us. Based on your experience as a large electric company with customers in various regions, what kind of tactics do utility imposter scammers typically use against customers? We see a number of tactics, Brian, that are common among scammers uh, that are targeting our customers in the utility sector. Uh, the first, and, and primarily, they use phone tactics, uh, and they also use in-person uh, tactics as well, where they may pose as utility workers, although uh, we see less and less of that, and the scammers typically focus on the, the phone and the online tactic they use, and they like to use tactics that create some type of time pressure, capitalize uh, on anxiety, uh, where a customer may make a rash decision, make a payment, you know, using some type of untraceable uh, payment method. We're seeing they're becoming more sophisticated uh, where they're using, they're able to mimic a utility um, through a caller ID and fraudulent 800 numbers. And we work with Monica and UUAS to help share that information 
um, across utilities to, to combat and uh, mitigate the threat to our customers. And are they conversations like we're having here today on the podcast, or are they really trying to get people to to rush and, and think quickly in these sort of scenarios? Yeah, the uh, the time pressure tactic is is one that the is a primary method that fraudsters use. So if they can create and capitalize on a customer on their anxiety, whether it's to make a quick payment for a disconnect or to you know create some type of uh, of payment concern, uh, it absolutely, uh, you know, creates a situation where, you know, the customer, you know, may not be able to think clearly and, and process the information in a rational standpoint. What we recommend is that, uh, you know, the customer pause and, uh, you know, take a step back and, and think about, you know, what's being asked, you know, by the person, you know, at their door or, or on a phone call. And one thing that's been nice to see just as a consumer, I I think, Monica, when we started working on these issues, you didn't necessarily go to a pharmacy or grocery store, get a gift card, and you would just check out or you're doing a wire transfer online. And it's good to see that those companies also have become partners to help with the message prompting folks to say, stop, slow down. Are you sure that you're actually giving this? Like, was it an unprompted phone call? So it's been nice that there's a little bit of an ecosystem that um, groups like UAS and others have really helped to really interfere with that anxiety during the process piece. Absolutely. I mean, I think we've done a great job and our utility members have done a great job of establishing those relationships. So what is even happening now is that with partners, with retailers um, and others in the industry, including the banking community, we've been able to share common messages and think about you know, those issues and circumstances where certain types of scams start to rise. And geographically, we've been able to reach out, have those discussions. And if there's a need to put a customers on higher alert, we're able to do that. And I think those are the ways that we'll be able to work together to help curb the problem. And I know Utilities United Against Scams works to recognize Utility Scam Awareness Day. And this year, the theme is screen the search to reflect the proliferation of digital scams like Chris had been talking about. Uh, Chris, what kind of digital scams are Entergy customers reporting and how sophisticated have they become? Yeah, Brian, one of the rising uh, digital scams that we're starting to see, and there's been a significant increase um, over the past six months, is search engine optimization poisoning. It accounts for around 60% of our attempted fraudulent scams with our customers over the past couple months. What that tactic is, is fraudsters will use a number of different techniques to increase a fraudulent website prominence that will appear in a search engine. So it gives off the impression that the, uh, the website is authentic and it will earn the trust of the customer and they'll either use that website to call an, uh, a fraudulent 800 number or even input some type of personal information or, or payment information as well that the fraudsters will capitalize on and scam our, our customers from a financial standpoint. And on customer bills, do you usually prominently list the Entergy website to help folks just know what they should go to directly? 
as a way to try to prevent some of that? We do. And and we recommend to our, our customers that they go to and, and save the, the myentergy.com website so they have the you know, the authentic uh, site where they can gain information on payment and uh, our 800 customer number as well. And Monica, what are some of the typical red flags that might indicate a customer finds themselves engaging with a scammer pretending to be a representative of a utility company? Brian, really what we see is that some of those red flags include being pressured, pressured on the spot. You have to act immediately. Do it right now or else. That's probably the top one of feeling really that rush. The second one is what I call, it's too good to really be true. And then I think the other item is just really things where it just raises the red flag. I mean, and with that, it could be a combination of, you know, give me your bank account information, give me your social security number, things that a normal company would not ask for and certainly not ask for it online. So I think with those things, we really encourage customers to kind of take a step back, stop, it's okay. And as Chris mentioned, on your utility bill is the company's you know, website address and usually 1-800 number that you can call to go ahead and verify, am I really talking with my utility company and do I have the right place to go to? And I'm sure customers need to be vigilant all year long, but are there particular times of the year where you see an uptick? I mean, I imagine Thanksgiving's coming up and people are going to be more occupied and not burning the turkey and the potatoes. Uh, do, do they tend to prey on those sort of opportunities? Yes. Scammers have been preying on um, customers, and this includes even business customers and small business customers. You think about the rush hour of lunch traffic um, or dinnertime traffic. No one wants to be caught off guard and you're in the middle of doing something, trying to serve a lot of people. That Those are opportune times as well during the day. But as you mentioned, during the holidays or items where, you know, there might be around spring break or other um, key holiday, you know, days where people might be preoccupied with something. Those are also key times and key times of tragedy. Um, you know, if there's something else happening and it might be a hurricane or a storm or flooding, it, people are trying to deal with the situation. They receive a phone call. They're preoccupied with other things and scammers prey on that and use that to their advantage and catching off, off us off guard so that we might not be as vigilant. So it's we have to keep an eye on it at all times, especially in those times where we have a tendency to be a little bit more preoccupied. And Chris, in instances where customs think that they might be subject to a utility imposter scam, what should they do? What sort of advice do you provide to your customers? Brian, there's three areas that we recommend uh, if a if a customer's feels they've been impacted by an imposter scam. The first is to document the details of the suspected scam. So keeping receipts, names, websites, phone numbers, and email addresses so you have that end-to-end audit trail of the suspected uh, fraudulent event. The second thing is to contact the utility and even local law enforcement and report it to the FTC or the FBI as well. And if it's reported to the FTC at the reportfraud.ftc.gov website, that event is is communicated to over 2,800 law enforcers. So you're able to share that information across across the industry and to create additional awareness. And the third is to contact your, your bank 
uh, as well to stop any type of illegitimate uh, payment to the fraudster. And I know we've all gotten those unsolicited phone calls before, but the idea of somebody knocking on your door pretending to be a water company or electric company employee seems a little bit more intense. What would be advice for folks who might encounter those in-person sort of scam attempts? Well, I think if a, if a customer or a person feels that they're in immediate danger, Brian, the first thing to do is, is dis, disengage with that uh, suspected scammer. And if you feel you're in danger, obviously call 911 if there's, you know, some type of, of threat to your, your person, you know, from this individual. Would employees in that sort of like, would a genuine employee in that sort of situation ever need to get into a household or would that kind of be a red flag number one? Yeah, typically we give customers an advance notice on when we're doing any type of work to their electrical system or, or meter. So it would be uh, out of the ordinary for someone to, you know, show up at a doorstep and and ask for some type of personal information payment or to perform some type of activity on on a meter. And and Monica, what have you seen be some common or effective ways in which utilities can educate their customers and community members and friends and family, really? I mean, some of those ways that we're doing it is reaching out and finding different ways to connect with customers. So there are some utilities that are even doing special signups for text alerts so that they can be alerted to certain scams in their area. Um, so it's putting them on notice and it's allowing customers to, once again, opt in and find out new information. So it's re-engaging customers in a new, a different way. Also really working collaboratively. I think, you know, as you mentioned, we have our Utility Scams Awareness Day. That messaging that we're doing, you know, we're not only doing um, carrying that message across the country, but we're working with a lot of community partners, including the Federal Trade Commission, so that they have our information and that we can all be sharing the same information in that timeline. And this year with our campaign, we're also sharing some information in Spanish as well, a new addition to some of our efforts to try to make sure that we're raising awareness and going after other languages to make sure we're touching customers where they are at. And that's important. Is there anything you've found, Chris, for your team that you would want to add? Yeah, from an awareness standpoint, um, we like to use a multi-pronged approach where we're, you know, canvassing, you know, all available options around websites, media outreach, social media, direct to, to customer communications, uh, like emails has been effective. And typically when we see a, a new scammer technique, you know, such as a scammer, you know, falsifying their caller ID, where they're able to mimic a utility 800 phone number. We're, we'd like to get that information out to our customers as quickly as possible to help them combat or, or increase awareness around those types of, of techniques. And through groups like UUAS and working with other utilities, Chris, do you find that there are opportunities to work together to combat scammers and to educate customers? Absolutely. It's a tremendous platform for us to engage with our peers and almost form a collective defense, which is honestly a, a force multiplier around being able to increase awareness, understand techniques, learn from our peers, and, and share information in, in a very timely and effective manner. So we see a lot of benefit engaging with UUAS and have seen a 
tremendous amount of, of value and benefit into to being part of that organization. And Monica, have you seen kind of a sustained level of engagement or, or growing interest, people wanting to be part of UUAS? Yes, we continue to see engagement from all sectors of the utility companies. You know, we have municipal utilities, um, cooperative utilities, and all coming together to really um, make a difference. And we regularly get calls or inquiries. And even in cases of the utility companies, we might get an inquiry from another division of a utility company who, you know, maybe doesn't know that their other team members are a part of UUAS. Um, as you can imagine, we touch on so many sectors and so many parts of the utility company, whether it's the communications, customer operations, um, sectors, you know, that Chris oversees within his utility company. So, I mean, we can touch so many parts of the utility because I think this is impacting different parts of the utility company. So, we are regularly updating um, employees and others about what we are doing and how we can be a resource and how we can help to make sure that we are part of that solidified defense and that we're doing all we can to help educate them and you know their customers. You know, Brian, if I might add a couple of industry wins that we've had by being part of this organization, we've been able to collaborate with our peers and take down fraudulent websites and also fraudulent 800 numbers as well that have been commonly used in the frauds. And I attribute that to the coordination, you know, through UUAS and our peers to to work in collaboration to combat the, the threats that the scammers pose to our customers. As you think across industries, Monica, are there things that all companies can be doing or some companies should be doing more of? And, and not to say you need to name companies or sectors, but um, is it really just the partnership and engagement that is a driving force behind educating customers? Um, well, it is a problem industry-wide. I mean, it's so it's beyond a utility company issue. We think about scams, you know, looking at back at 2022 from FTC data, consumers were losing over $8.8 billion due to scams. And when we talk about impersonation scams that are affecting our customers, we know that impersonation scams account for over $2.6 billion of losses. So that's significant, the amount of money and the amount of losses that customers are facing. So I think you're seeing a growing trend from different parts of industry. One, trying to figure it out. And two, figuring out what that messaging is and what they can do. So some of them are a little bit further behind us. So I know Chris mentioned working, and we've worked in partnership with Somos at stopping some of those 1-800 numbers and shutting them down. So we made the really big mark as the utility companies going out there and working with them. Slowly over the years, other industries have been catching on and figuring out that they can do the same thing that we were doing. And so, you know, we've led the way in many ways to make that happen. And so we're seeing other industries catch on and be a part of that. And I think one of the things that we've been trying to do is just work collaboratively with other groups. Um, we've had a great partnership with Zelle and they support the financial institutions and really thinking about collaborative messaging. So in many cases, even when they're talking about utility scams. We also work together to say, oh, you might have this right, or you might not have this right in terms of messaging. This is sort of what we do. And if we can all get the messaging right and have it transform across sectors, I think we can be even that much more effective 
at trying to curb these scams and really make an impact. And we're doing that and we're sharing resources and sharing what works and doesn't work. And all of those things, I think, are making the difference one little step at a time. Well, thank you both for helping us observe Utility Scam Awareness Day on November 15th and really for the work you do every day to help educate customers and make sure that they're well-equipped to protect themselves from scammers. Thanks for having us, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Brian. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening and come back next week to hear more from experts and industry leaders who are talking about the innovative ways electric companies are building a cleaner, smarter, stronger energy future for the customers and communities they serve. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Podbeam, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Electric Perspectives. I'm your host, Brian Real. Thanks for listening.